This is the Two Biz Chicks Podcast. Each week, the hosts, successful CEOs Linda Rawson and Tamara Tran, entertain you with real-life stories that are guaranteed to empower, enrich, and enlighten. The Two Biz Chicks are both entrepreneurs, authors, and public speakers with many diverse life experiences that bring a powerful message to each episode. Hello, and welcome to the first episode of Two Biz Chicks Podcast. I'm Linda Rawson, and along with my co-host, Tamara Tran, we'll interview entrepreneurs or other people who are living their dreams. The real-life stories are recorded to empower, enrich, and enlighten you, as well as bring entertainment to your listening experience. Hi, I'm Tamara. Linda and I met a few years ago through an event sponsored by our local Small Business Administration District Office. We've become friends over the years through networking events, and our companies have teamed together on several DOD contract opportunities. So this summer, we decided to attend an SBA-sponsored mentor-protege workshop in Washington, D.C. The purpose was to meet other companies and to try to find a mentor or become a protege. We ended up spending a couple of days together and really got to know each other, and it was a great opportunity to sort of collaborate and discuss our passions as far as business goes. We've both been very fortunate to work with wonderful people who have mentored us and provided suggestions and support to our companies along the way. One of the challenges that we found as we succeeded at running our own small businesses is finding applicable information in the moment. There is a plethora of information available, and it's difficult sometimes to get down and really find the information that you need. For this podcast, we'll share some of the frustrations and our stress-breaking solutions for the holidays. Our podcast will share our 25 years of combined experience as we conduct, interview, and share lessons that we've learned. This is our first podcast, and we're anxious to get started. In this episode, we will briefly introduce ourselves, we'll discuss some of the commonly felt challenges shared by all of us during this busy Christmas season, and suggest a few things we do to simplify and reduce stress in December. Linda, would you like to go first? Hi, I'm Linda Rawson, and I'm one of the hosts of the Two Biz Chicks podcast. I grew up in a small Mormon community, an hour drive outside of Salt Lake City, Utah. I was raised by a single mom, And against many challenges, I dreamed of owning my own business and made it happen. I've been in business for over a decade. I love small businesses. My passion is helping other small business owners to succeed. I devote a lot of time mentoring and connecting them with the right people. I do this because I've been helped by so many amazing people along my journey. Now it's your turn, Tamara. Tell the listeners about yourself. My husband and I own several companies together. We started our business back in, gosh, 2000, I think, and we had $5,000 that we used, and we were in our 10 by 10 basement bedroom, basically. And um, it's been frustrating, and it's been rewarding, and through it all, we've had a great time together. My dad was always self-employed. My husband comes from an entrepreneurial family, and I, growing up, got to see the highs and lows of self-employment. My dad had great years. He had some really lean years. And financially, sometimes it was a big struggle. And so when my husband first suggested that we start our own business, I was very apprehensive. He was walking away from a very good job. He was the top salesperson in his company. One of the things that was very frustrating for him was that he was treated really poorly by his employer. He was discriminatory. He would make racial comments about my husband, about his slight accent, and just about his 
ethnicity in general. So that was a very negative aspect. And really, I think that is the main reason that I was on board and willing to uh, join my husband in starting our own business. So it's been really good for us, and we've learned a lot along the way. Wow. That is such an incredible story that you came out of that environment and are the success you are today. How about your childhood? Were you discriminated against? When I was a child, I grew up in West Provo. My sister and I were the only Asians in our school. We were both teased quite a bit, actually. I remember getting on the school bus and um, being probably eight or nine, and there was one boy in particular that really liked to harass me. He would call me flat face and um, make the little squinty eye gestures and make fun of me. And I remember looking at the bus driver, trying to hope, you know, hoping that she would help me out and having her just laugh with him. It was really, it was embarrassing and it was humiliating. And as a result, I think it helped me to really become a lot more sensitive to people who are in that situation. And so I really feel passionate um, in terms of wanting to help people who maybe are underrepresented. I know how it feels to be there, and I also know that people can rise above it. So that's one of the reasons I strongly believe in our goal, to empower, enlighten, and enrich those we meet as we provide education, support, and encouragement to women and minority business owners. It's something that Linda and I both feel very strongly about. Now back to our program. We all know how tough the holidays are, especially if you're a small business owner. There is the company dinner, what do you give your employees this year, and then in addition, there's personal shopping for all of your family and friends, as well as what seems like a million events to attend. You have to pick out your dress for this event, or you have to figure out which charity organizations you're going to support this season. It's just a lot of stress. Tamara, what does your family do every year? Well, Linda, as you know, Lee is adopted, and so we have three families that we celebrate with during the holidays. My family, they all moved out of state, and so it makes it a little bit simpler. It's kind of sad for me, but a little bit simpler in terms of logistics and planning. So we have Lee's adopted Asian family, so we have Lee's biological family, and then we have his adopted family, and we celebrate with all of them. We usually have, gosh, probably five or six holiday parties. For his Asian family, since they don't necessarily celebrate Christmas, they celebrate Chinese New Year and put a lot more emphasis there. We have breakfast. We go to dim sum, which is a traditional Chinese breakfast that consists of appetizers and dumplings. And then we also go out for a Christmas meal, and we usually pick a Korean restaurant or a Vietnamese restaurant and have a really good time with them. What does your family Christmas look like? To make everyone feel better and avoid the stress of buying gifts, we've implemented a candy exchange. I make a big dinner and we decorate sugar cookies. I spend all day long making these sugar cookies so that everyone can put icing and decorate them. Everyone brings a $2.50 bag of candy and wraps it nicely. Then we sit in a circle and read the night before Christmas. When the word the is heard, we pass right. And when the word and is heard, we pass left. At the end, everyone opens their bag of candy. There is a lot of trading going on at that point because I really, really like Reese's peanut butter cups. Then last year, of all things, we had the Jamaican bobsled team at our family party. Yes, the Jamaican bobsled team. The actual Olympic bobsled team? How did you meet them? Through a friend of a friend, I've helped them out. They actually lived at my house for three months last year to train in Park City. This year, there were just too many of them, and they are in Bluffdale, Utah. The point is, we have made Christmas fun again, 
and have taken the stress out of gift giving by implementing a low-cost family get-together. Tamara, what did you do for your employees this year? Well, we have employees in several states now, which is fantastic, but also a little bit challenging during the holidays. In order to save money, we visit them in their states and have separate Christmas parties. So for our employees here in Utah, this year we decided to rent a theater, and we're taking the employees and their family to go see Rogue One. So we're kind of excited about that and looking forward to it. How about you? I've heard how well you treat your employees. I've heard the remarks from some of my friends who have either had friends that worked for you or other companies that know of your employees. It's really important that we treat our employees well, and I wish I could do more, but because of the competitiveness of the DOD industry, our profit margins are slim, and to be competitive, we have to bid on something called Lowest Price Technically Acceptable, or LPTA. But we do take our employees and their partner to a high-end steakhouse, give them cute electronic gadgets with our logo on them, and a small bonus. I appreciate my employees more than I could ever say. In addition to the employees, we have to buy something for the government customer. Because of regulations, the amount that we can spend is not a lot of money. So we visit each of them personally and take them some kind of small token of our appreciation. How about personal gifting? What's the best Christmas gift you've ever had? The best Christmas gift I've received so far was to come home to find my house decorated. My kids and my husband put out the Christmas trees and all the decorations, put up the garland, and did such a fantastic job. I was so excited. Last year was a really stressful year. We were really busy at work, and I didn't want to decorate. I was avoiding Christmas, and it was so nice to come home to find the simple act of service that made my whole attitude change. It was really wonderful, and it's really one of the most memorable Christmas gifts I've ever received, which is teaching me a great lesson in terms of what's really important. Maybe some people have also heard about the Light the World campaign. My church is sponsoring a new campaign to help us to follow the example of Jesus Christ during December. And it's kind of an Advent sort of style calendar where every day you have something that you do to emulate a quality of Christ. It's been really good, and I've really appreciated being a part of that. Linda, what's your best Christmas gift? It was really difficult to think about what the best Christmas gift I ever got was. I'm not a very materialistic person. I don't really like gifts. I'm pretty terrible to buy for. But my Christmas last year involved getting to spend the very last Christmas ever with my mother. She passed away this year. The light we saw in her eyes, even though she couldn't speak, she was really sick at the end. Something that I can't uh, ever forget. As well as my oldest son was born about three weeks before Christmas, and that was a pretty special Christmas as well. Linda, I bet that last year was incredibly special for you. It breaks my heart to hear you talk about your mom because, as you know, I lost my mom this year. I think it's something that's perhaps bonded us um, as friends and also kind of created a gateway for us to take that next step into whatever it is we're going to do the rest of our lives. I feel like my mom and your mom have kind of pushed us to maybe do something to reach out to others. In fact, even the name of our business makes me laugh because when you came up with it, um, I smiled. I really felt like it was my mom saying, yes, Tammy, you need to do this. Her nickname was Chicky, as I've shared that with you before. It really is hard to explain how much losing a parental unit affects your life. It really changes your life, and, and I'm sure that 
as we progress in our podcast that we're going to touch on that subject a little bit more and how we've gotten past some of the issues related to that. We are going to talk about some little tips on how to deal with holiday stress. I've recently read the book called The Life-Changing Magic of Tidying Up by Marie Kondo. She describes her book on her website this way, quote, Apply the principle of sparkling joy not only to objects in the home, but also to all other areas of life. Jot down what things bring you joy each day, what passions inspire you, what activities you love, and what relationships bring you happiness. And if you're looking to make changes, use it as a space to envision your ideal life. Or identify ways to tidy your life of the things that don't spark joy, so you can focus on those that do. Close quote. I love the book. It definitely changed my life. As I look around my house and look around my office, it's so nice when I don't see clutter and garbage and piles everywhere. So one of the things that I've learned from the book is to do it now. Take care of it now. Don't put it off. Don't walk away. If you have something you need to throw away, if you have something you need to sort through, do it in the moment, and then you don't have to retrace your steps and realize that you've left a mess behind. It's really helped me. It's a simple little tip, but it's made a difference. My friends sometimes think I'm highly unstructured and perpetually late, but I'm an optimistic person. I've heard that is why people are late. I honestly think I can get somewhere on time by skidding in at the last second. I am overcoming that issue by reviewing my calendar the night before and determining proper timelines to get to appointments. For instance, in high traffic areas, I need to give myself lead time for driving in traffic. Back-to-back appointments are never good without lead times. I also review what I should wear and have those clothes ready to go. Time management involves a lot of planning. My time is very valuable, so I try and get people to do Google Hangouts, Facebook Messenger, or communicate by email. Email and text are not as good because they can be taken out of context. Then there is the old-fashioned phone call. Making time for those is really tough, but very important. Do you have some tips for us for the holidays? We've scoured the internet for helpful suggestions, and most of these things, in fact, all of these things we all know, we've all heard. It's just a matter of actually doing them that's tricky. The first would be to be realistic. Keep our expectations in check and don't overbook ourselves. Number two, don't overdo it. Plan ahead of time, prioritize what needs to be done, and delegate to others if we can. Number three would be to get fresh air, take a brisk walk outside, even just take a breath at our desk. Number four, think positively. Think what we want to have happen and visualize it. Number five, use humor and laugh often. Linda, that's one of the the reasons I really have fun with you, because we laugh all the time. It's a great stress reliever. Number six, listen to some music or an audiobook. I know you and I both really enjoy audiobooks because it feels like we're being very productive with our time as we're driving to and from appointments and we're able to learn something new as we listen. Number seven, stick to a budget for gifts so you can avoid January bills. When my husband and I were first married, we were married in September. We had our first Christmas just a couple months later. I was very eager to please him as we were newlyweds. So I went out and I went Christmas shopping and I used a charge card. And I put everything that we had on our list on the charge card. I came home, told him about it, and he was really disappointed. He told me that he didn't believe in using credit cards unless we absolutely have to. I grew up using credit cards as a, you know, my family did it. And as a result, it it was a a great opportunity for us to have a great discussion about it. Um, I ended up returning everything 
that I'd purchased and I paid cash for it instead. And it set a great precedence for the rest of our life. And I'm really happy that we were able to have that discussion. It made a huge difference in the way that we've lived. And then number eight would be to learn your limitations and say no. As an adult in my 40s, I'm finally realizing that that's okay. Thank you so much for listening to our very first podcast by the Two Biz Chicks. We are so excited to help you in your business life. We invite you to join us for our next podcast and visit our website for helpful tips and products. We'll see you next time.